0: Welcome everybody to today's very special training session put on by XTB and myself Phil Carr at the Golden Silver Club. Today we'll be exploring five big commodity trading opportunities right now. So during today's session we'll go through an introduction to commodities, we'll go through the five big commodity trading opportunities right now, how to identify low risk trading opportunities, live market analysis with our favorite trade ideas and we'll also be going through Q&A during today's session as well. So before we get into it let me introduce you to the Gold and Silver Club. The Gold and Silver Club is regarded as the go-to authority on commodities trading as internationally respected experts our analysis and our opinions on the metals, energy, agricultural markets they're routinely sought by major financial television channels and publications which includes Bloomberg, Reuters, CNBC, the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal. It's a pleasure to be here today presenting with XTB as well. Over the last 10 years, myself and my team of experts have trained and mentored thousands of private traders from all over the world on our exclusive research-driven strategies. We'll be discussing that in more detail on today's session. The commodities that we trade at the Gold and Silver Club, the most lucrative markets, include the following. We trade the metals, we trade gold silver copper palladium and platinum with the energies we trade wti crude oil brent crude oil natural gas and with agriculture we trade corn wheat cocoa coffee sugar and soybeans so these are day-to-day the main commodities that we trade at the gold and silver club so why commodities and why now well this month Goldman Sachs sent out a report to all of its clients indicating the best time to invest in commodities is now. Now, this view from Goldman's was based on three fundamental factors coming together at the same time, and that is economies around the world are growing, which, of course, is good for commodity demand. The world is borrowing more money, which means more to spend. Again, good for commodity demand. And inflation is on the rise. Again, good for commodity demand. Goldman Sachs' view on commodities, and this was picked up by a lot of different news outlets. You've got CNBC, this is the best time in decades to own commodities, says Goldman Sachs Commodities Chief. And this has really brought a spotlight onto commodity markets over the last month here, especially given the levels that we're at at the moment. Their research is definitely worth paying attention to, and there's no doubt that commodities are a hot market. More money has poured into commodities over the last 12 months than any other asset class. Demand for commodities is at the strongest it has been since 2008. In the last 12 months, 51 billion has poured into the commodity markets. And what we want to have a look at here is the actual cycle that we're in at the moment. We'll have a look at the Reuters commodity index very shortly as well. But over the last commodity super cycle, Commodities returned a staggering 300% gain over a 10-year period. Um, We're at the cusp now of the potential to come all the way back from a very oversold condition on the commodity index within the current cycle. So where are we right now within the commodity currency cycle? So essentially, we are right back at the lower end of these recent channels. In fact, we've been gone through this very large correction over the course of the last few years where we've essentially reached the bottom over 2015 to 2016 after we've seen the Federal Reserve start to increase interest rates. It's had a direct inverse correlation with a lot of the major commodities that we track. And commodities are now at the bottom of the cycle where they've been coming out of this cycle now for the last couple of years. We've seen positive returns of a number of commodities including gold, silver, oil in particular over the last couple of years has increased in price by over 100%. And commodities are now at the bottom of this cycle, which inevitably sets the stage for an explosive bull run over the longer term. And a move from the bottom of this channel back up to the top of the cycle would represent again over a 300% return on commodities overall as an asset class. And we'll have a look at that a little bit more closely shortly. So here's a look at again, some of the commodity headlines in 2018 and why it's worth paying attention to this. So we've got the Wall Street Journal, Investors eyeing lucrative opportunities in the commodity markets. We've seen Bloomberg as well. The top asset class of 2018 is commodities. The World Bank commodity price is likely to rise further in 2018. And we've seen special reports from the Financial Times as well. The Goldman Sachs wake-up call. It's time to tilt towards commodities in your portfolio. So you if you have been waiting on the sidelines for a really good time to get into commodity markets, we'll have all different types of experience today on today's webinar in the session. Now is a really good time to take a serious look at these markets before we do see the next surge up in price. So this is the Reuters Commodity Index. I've just got an additional screenshot. This has taken literally about 20 minutes prior to today's webinar and you can see here where we're poised with the commodity index at the moment we've seen a pullback over the last month now this has been a result of uh, several different factors, including the U.S. dollar, which has broken out to 11-month highs, which has put pressure on a lot of commodities. We've also had Trump at the beginning of the week as well with his signaling additional trade tariffs on China, which caused a big move lower on a lot of soft commodities and the grains as well. So big sell-off on soybeans, on wheat, on cotton, on corn. And overall, the commodity index has had quite a large steep fall, over the last month, which poises it right at the bottom of this major trend channel. Now, this is a trend channel which has been in place for approximately just over a year or so, and we've been basing with a commodity index over the last couple of years. But we're, we're right now at a very extreme oversold condition on gold, on silver, on copper, on platinum, on oil, which has dropped now over 10% to the downside too. And we'll take a look at that as I go through some of the major commodity trade ideas that we're looking at at the moment too. So essentially, Reuters Commodity Index, we are right at the lower end of the recent channels where we've seen a pullback and it's a good time to look at potentially accumulating some longer term positions. So the five big commodity trading opportunities right now I want to explore with you are as follows. So the first three trading ideas are going to revolve around the metals. So we're going to be looking at gold, at silver. platinum and especially given the current levels so the timing of today's webinar is in fact perfect given where the price structures are at the moment on the charts and given a few points here the gold to silver ratio which we'll have a look at the commodity index so first point I want you to be aware of is the gold to silver ratio because in my opinion not enough traders use this when you're trading gold and silver you definitely need to have awareness of the gold to silver ratio the historical movements of the gold to silver ratio and how it can help you when you're trading gold and silver so from a very simplistic point of view it's a very key indicator used to determine the right and wrong time to buy silver now the gold to silver ratio is simply the amount of silver it takes to purchase one ounce of gold when the ratio is high silver is favored over gold so essentially that's because relative to the ratio silver is cheaper and offers greater upside potential so right now as of the last month we saw the gold silver ratio hit 80 to 1 and 80 to 1 by itself is a very important level on the gold to silver ratio so for example that means you could exchange 80 ounces of silver for one ounce of gold and it doesn't happen very often that we get that extreme in terms of this ratio and it happens about once over the last three years it's happened about once every 12 to 18 months and it's been significant in forming a low for silver prices prior to that it didn't happen for five years or so where the the gold silver ratio got to 80 to 1 it's been significant over the last three years one of the major turning points for silver was after brexit when or just before Brexit actually when the gold to silver ratio got to eighty to one and then silver rallied up forty percent afterwards. We retested again eighty to one last year after we saw silver break back below fifteen dollars per ounce and subsequently we saw a big rally again back above seventeen dollars per ounce and then recently again we saw silver break back below sixteen dollars per ounce and 80 to 1 on the gold-to-silver ratio, and then rally back above $17. Now, a lot of traders thought they actually missed the breakout on the metals last week because around the FOMC statement, copper prices, they broke out to two-and-a-half-month highs. We saw silver prices as well breaking out to two-month highs. Gold, over the last quarter, has been on the verge of breaking out to yearly highs and pricing other currencies like gold versus the euro Broke out to two-year highs recently, but you've been gifted a bit of an opportunity here because last week we had the FOMC statement where we saw these breakouts on the metals. And then on Friday, we had the European Central, on Thursday, excuse me, we had the European Central Bank press conference and Mario Draghi speaking. And essentially, we saw the US dollar absolutely soar off the back of that, broke out all the way back up to the uh, swing highs of 2018, broke out to 11 month highs. Um, We saw gold get slammed down, silver slammed down, and also big pullbacks as well on platinum and copper. And now they're right back in their buy zones, accumulation zones, and the dollar today is starting to roll over. So it's very interesting what we're seeing in the charts at the moment. So again, going back to the gold to silver ratio, this is the price structure today. Um, We hit 80 to 1 already early on in the month. We've been long on silver. We've been taking profits as we get above $17 and then re-entering again when it comes back into accumulation zone, utilizing the gold to silver ratio from an inverse correlation point of view. Okay, so again from a very simplistic point of view gold to silver ratio the chart I have in front of me right now moves in the opposite direction to silver when it gets above 80 to 1 the gold to silver ratio when you're tracking it it is a great time to look at buying silver typically it's at a major level where you can see a reversal point on silver we hit that level already over a month ago the 80 to 1 zone and now we seem to be within a downward trend which got tested yesterday so far it's holding and we're starting to see a reversal and silver is showing some signs that it be a bottom where we're poised at the moment around $16.35 so that's definitely one of the trade opportunities I want to explore with you today silver and also gold which retested a major level today which was around $1,265 currently we're getting some support at that zone we're starting to see a bounce and platinum yesterday also from a very extreme oversold level started to bounce and we started to see signals of a low get put in A great way to have a look at the gold-to-silver ratio is the following. What you need to be aware of again, times when we've seen the gold-to-silver ratio get over 80 to 1 have marked very important lows for gold and for silver. Now, this shows you a great example of gold here where we've seen the ratio get to 80 to 1 and then shortly afterwards as it starts to roll over and start to move back down towards 75 to 1 and 70 to 1 and we see a reversion back to the mean for the gold-to-silver ratio, It has historically tending to put a low in for gold and it can be utilized as a way to see where there is a low and potential reversal point and a a great time from a risk reward point of view to buy gold or buy silver so this is one of the best ways to just view that where we've seen the gold to silver ratio hit those levels and again we've seen this level over the last three years it's been tested approximately once every 12 to 18 months but before Before 2015, we didn't hit the 80 to one level for about six years. The previous time was around 2009. And even before that, it was six years again, 2003. So at some point, we're going to break away from this 80 to one level and not test it for quite a few years again. It might be now, it might be that we're on the verge of now. It would make sense given where we're poised with a lot of different factors at the moment around the world and within the global economy. Now, this is something I want you to be very aware of as well. This is silver's price performance over the last 15 years. This is very useful to be aware of the overall percentage moves that we've seen in silver over this time frame. So from 2003 up to 2018, the average return for silver has been 12%. But the years where the gold to silver ratio tests 80 to one or higher is where you get these big outlier years. So look at 2003, 2009, 2015 to 2016 and last year and then we've got this year again. So again 2003 on a a year where the gold to silver ratio hit 80 to 1 the return by the end of the year was 23% and then in 2009 Silver returned 47%. In 2016, silver returned 17.3%. It was actually around Brexit, just before Brexit, that we had that big breakout move. It wasn't 2015, it was 2016. Last year, when that ratio hit 80 to 1, silver delivered 7.1% return. And we've hit that level again recently. And silver right now, it's negative almost 4% for the year so you can see between now and the end of the year if we no guarantees of course but if we follow what we've seen in previous years and we go with the average there which is normally 12% return for silver per year and especially increased returns on years where the gold to silver ratio it's 80 to 1 or higher then we've got something very interesting that we're looking at right now is silver trading at around $16 and 35 cents per ounce right now, and it's negative minus 3.8% on the year. So anybody, any funds, institutions that bought metals at the beginning of the year, they're flat or they're actually they're negative now on buying gold and silver from the beginning of the year. But I could certainly see them starting to establish fresh positions now as we go through the summer into typically a very strong seasonal time as we go into August, September, and October. Those The best performing months of the year for gold and silver prices are January, which is very strong, then you've got August, September and October. We're literally coming into some of the strongest times of year once we bottom out over the summer. So silver, absolutely have it on your radar. We'll have a look at that in more detail on the charts shortly. But I want to also go through gold with you as well. So again, very similar situation with gold here too. So the average return on gold per year over the last 15 years, just holding gold is approximately 9.7% return. It's been more significant again on two factors years where the gold silver ratio hit 80 to 1 and then we saw a reversal in price and also more recently since the federal reserve started increasing interest rate hikes which has occurred over 2016 and 2017. so last year we saw a return on gold of 13.6 percent and in 2016 the return was 9.1 percent that's if you just buy it and hold it throughout the whole year you buy in january you hold it until the last day of December that's the sort of return that you've been looking at on average with gold nine point seven percent over the last fifteen years. Now where we're at right now, gold is now turned negative on the year. It's minus two point three percent. We're trading under one thousand three hundred dollars. At the peak it was trading around one thousand three hundred and sixty-five dollars this year. If we were to see about a ten percent return from the current price, which is one thousand two hundred and about sixty five US dollars to seventy dollars at the moment, it's starting to get a bid just tonight. We could see easily gold reach 1400 by the end of the year just within previous performance for gold especially given the factors that I've just mentioned on the interest rate hikes also providing support for gold and also where we're poised with the gold to silver ratio. So gold we'll have a look at very shortly on the charts as well but just from a previous performance point of view any funds or institutions and investors who bought gold at the beginning of the year, back in January, they're sitting at a loss. They've made no money if they've just bought it and hold it. That's not the strategy at the moment. Buy and hold is not going to make you a great deal if you've done that from the beginning of the year in January. The best way to have traded commodities, including oil, gold, silver, platinum, copper, and a number of other commodities has been swing trading. And it's been the best way to take advantage of that. So it's not buying and holding and waiting for the price to go up. That's not being the way to capitalize on commodities this year. It's very much swing trading, which we take advantage of at the Gold and Silver Club and day trading as well, especially on news items, non-farm payrolls, FOMC statements, GDP data, any major news that moves the market, and any any major news that moves the US dollar. So now let's have a look at the US dollar. I'm sure a lot of you are very aware of this. The U.S. dollar's impact on most of the markets, but in particular, there's a very direct inverse correlation to gold and the U.S. dollar index. Now, it's not always like for like 100%. Sometimes there's a disparity, and during some safe ha- so, some um, times of geopolitical unrest, we we do see U.S. dollar get a bit as a safe haven and gold as well. They can sometimes rally at the same time, but for the most part, they tend to be inversely correlated. And certainly of late with the US dollar breaking out, even overnight, to 11 year, 11 month, excuse me, 11 month highs, gold has broken down to six month lows. It's a very clear inverse correlation. When you're trading news, so if it's an FOMC statement, European Central Bank announcement, if you're trading non-farm payrolls, always look at the dollar. Look at what, what the dollar is doing as well. Don't just look at the market that you're trading directly, whether it's a currency or whether it's gold, silver, or another commodity. Make sure you have the dollar up on your screens because if you start to see a reversal on the dollar and it's not playing out within the current asset class you're trading, expect it to shortly. Sometimes there's a bit of lag time, but overall there'll be an inverse correlation with the U.S. dollar with most other FX pairings and also most other commodities as well. It's not always 100%, but it tends to be stronger on major news items. Major news items being non-farm payrolls or FOMC statements. So those can, of course, have a tremendous impact on commodity prices, gold, silver, especially. Now, the FOMC announcements are eight per year. There's eight scheduled FOMC statements per year. Now, what we found is actually there are 16 really good trading opportunities off the Federal Reserve. So you have eight FMC statements per year, four of those you have at the press conference afterwards with Jerome Powell, which can be tend to be higher volatility, but then Three weeks after the FOMC statements, the minutes of the FOMC statement are released. And this year, the minutes of the FOMC have seen just as big a moves on the market as the actual statements themselves. So it actually provides you with 16 trading opportunities per year if you're trading the metals, if you're trading FX markets, if you are following this closely. And that's released at 7 o'clock London time on a Wednesday. That's when they come out. That will be three weeks after the FOMC statement. So you've got a lot of trading opportunities with the Federal Reserve, and you always should have those in your calendar. As a trader, you you need to just monitor your open positions before you go into an FOMC statement, square up where you need to, but get ready for trade opportunities afterwards as well. Jerome Powell, as head of the Federal Reserve, currently has more influence over the U.S. dollar's value, other than Donald Trump, than any other person. His speeches, they're followed very closely, and Mario Draghi, but his speeches are followed very closely by traders and present regular news trading opportunities, but it's definitely high impact, the FOMC statements and Federal Reserve announcements. Now, what a lot of people don't seem to be aware of or or know, some of you I'm sure will be aware of this, but. It's actually what we tend to see on FOMC statements where the Federal Reserve increase interest rates is the opposite of what you might logically expect to happen in the market. So you might think, okay, the Federal Reserve, they've increased interest rates, therefore we're going to see a a bounce higher in the dollar and we're going to see commodities sell off or we're going to see the metals sell off. We've actually seen the opposite occur. So what tends to happen is in the anticipation of the Fed increasing interest rates and there's Uh, So far, there's been two this year. There's expectation there's going to be two more between now and the end of the year. It normally gets priced in ahead of time. So traders, they're all buying up the US dollar in the anticipation that the Federal Reserve will go ahead and increase interest rates. The Fed go ahead and increase interest rates. And then what normally happens is the dollar sells off and gold breaks out afterwards. Within 24 to 48 hours, you get a gold breakout. The only times I don't see that occur is where you have an ECB announcement on the Thursday, which happened last week. That's the times when you, you see follow through on gold, but you need to be nimble as well because Mario Draghi has a big impact on the euro, the US dollar, well, a big impact on the euro, but the euro comprises quite a lot, a big factor of the US dollar indexing as well in terms of um, the correlation between the two. And you'll often note that after an FOMC statement, after the Federal Reserve increased interest rates, there is a bounce higher on gold. This has been the case, especially significant in December. We've seen that certainly over the last three years, very significant low get put in for gold after an increase in interest rates. And then we then see a gold rally towards the end of December into January as well. And it's just something to bear in mind because we have more Federal Reserve statements this year. More interest rate hikes are likely. And typically the reaction of gold afterwards is that it breaks out afterwards so we've seen this certainly going back to all the interest rate hikes so far gold has tended to get a bid the only time it didn't over these recent interest rate hikes was actually June last year and we've also seen that so far this year but it was a bit of a delayed reaction you see last year because gold and silver they continued to sell off until the end of june for about another two weeks then they bottomed but then again they came out and they broke out to the highest levels of the year so they came out and broke all the way back up to $1,350 within a typical time frame that you see over july august september which is the strongest time of the year so again gold right now is trading approximately 1,270 US dollars per ounce. My expectation, there's nothing guaranteed, but my expectation is that within the next couple of months, we should easily be trading back towards the mid-range there. So $1,300 up to 1,350. That would be my expectation, that over the summer months, July and August, that we'll get back certainly above 1,300 and we'll start to make that move back towards the midpoint of the recent corrective correction that we've seen on gold and then we'll get ready for the next FOMC statement that starts to come out later in the year as well. So just bear that in mind, some of you might be aware of that, of this already, but often what you see in the lead up to an FOMC statement is the dollar, it gets a bid and it starts to uh, increase in price prior to an interest rate hike and then afterwards we often see selling on the dollar and a reversal on the metals and it can be a great way to take advantage of a very uh, highly predictable news item and there's eight FOMC statements a year and then you have the minutes of the FOMC three weeks after every FOMC statement. Then, of course, you have non-farm payrolls, and I'm sure everybody knows non-farm payrolls is um, a great trading opportunity the first Friday of every single month. Essentially, why is that important? Well, the Federal Reserve assesses jobs data to determine whether the economy is strong enough to withstand interest rate hikes. So we've certainly noticed at the Golden Silver Club that typically actually on a non-farm payroll, it's traded differently to how you would trade an FOMC statement, the reaction of the markets. And the way that's traded, we always go through a webinar with all of our traders at the Golden Silver Club, the preparation for a non-farm payroll event. It has a, um, a very specific way that it tends to impact the markets with an initial knee-jerk reaction that you need to Sometimes you can trade directly off the knee-jerk reaction and then you get the reversal later on in the session. There are two ways to trade non-farm payrolls, knee-jerk reaction and then the follow-on move that you often see within the next few hours afterwards. It depends on which move that you're more interested to get. But there is a very specific way that gold reacts to non-farm payrolls. And then you want to marry that up. So again, from a research-driven point of view, you want to marry up if you're trading the metals, gold and silver, you want to marry this up with how they move from a cyclical point of view as well. So typically, again, very strong months of the year for gold and silver. January, we've seen that time and time again. Go back through the chart, go through the month of January. It's been a very stellar and strong month for gold prices over a a number of years it's one of the strongest performing months of the year for gold normally from a cyclical point of view we bottom out over June and July if you overlay this chart a seasonal point of view over what has happened to gold so far this year it's very similar in terms of the corrective moves that we've seen over May where we've seen a, another downward trend after the dollar has gained a lot of momentum over the last couple of months and um, we're now at a point here as we get towards the end of June, where normally we start to put in a low, we bottom out typically over June and the start of July, and we're not too far away from that. We're about, what are we, about 10 days away from the going into July now, so we're, we're not far off from that. In terms of trading days, it's less than that, probably about seven trading days until we move into July, and then we could potentially form a bottom. So I think we're probably there soon, which again is why today's webinar is great timing. We'll have a look at the chart shortly, but the anticipation is that we'll get supported Around the next couple of weeks here, two to three weeks, we'll bottom out. We might have bottomed already, but we need a bit more confirmation. And then we'll set up for a rally as we go into a very cyclical, seasonal, strong time of year over August and September. As we go into the wedding season in Asia, where typically gold demand increases as well. I mean, just to give you an example of this, we have traded this effect at the Gold and Silver Club for a number of years. And the move that we see at the beginning of January can be further compounded by what we see hedge funds and uh, essentially institutions starting to do with regard to the way that they're positioning themselves at the beginning of the year. So we have a look at that in a bit more detail. Often when we're looking to go long gold at the end of December or beginning of January any time of we track this every single week but it's very uh, significant at the beginning of the year because a lot of funds and institutions they they put aside a certain amount of capital into uh, of course gold as a bit of a safe haven and a hedge against other asset classes at the beginning of the year and uh, often we can see a a large positions go onto gold at the beginning of january which often marries up with a great buy opportunity and we've seen again here gold was confirmed by market sentiment hedge funds increase their bullish positions on gold by 150% confirming the market was about to rally. So based on where we were seeing both the the price structure of gold at the time and what we were seeing as well in terms of the net long positions from funds, we've executed a long position. And again, here you can see the entry levels that we just got into. So this was going back to the beginning of 2017. We've done this most years and also the beginning of this year as well. I'll show you that trade, but essentially getting in on that move early on and then just capitalizing on the following breakout. So over 2017, that delivered 1,830 points over that seven-week period. And then we've seen, again, the same thing happen towards the end of December, beginning of January. And this low that we put in was right around the FOMC statement. And then from that point onwards, from mid-December onwards, we started to see the rally. And that got confirmed, and we broke all the way back out towards overbought levels. It was much faster this year, actually. We didn't stay in uh, for seven weeks on this trade. We only stayed in four weeks this time for 980 points but just under a thousand points on that trade. So offering a really great opportunity again with a a very cyclical move. So again, just going back to typical returns that you see over the course of the year. Again, the strongest months of the year for gold to the upside. And of course, you can benefit on the sell side that tends to be in the spring. and More recently, actually, the action that we got last week with the recent correction on commodities, we've been shorting copper in particular. It's been our third position in a week that we've been selling short into copper. And now we're looking to reestablish positions on platinum, gold, and silver which i'll show you on the chart shortly but again from a seasonal uh, performance point of view january tends to be a very strong month for gold august normally strong july can be flat but it depends on the correction over june as to how much upside we see in july September, one of the strongest months of the year as well, and October. And then later on in the year, often you get this sell-off again as we get closer to the FOMC statement in mid-December. It typically tends to be the case that the dollar increases. And that can offer a really good sell short, actually, for the metals as we go into uh, the uh, Federal Reserve interest rate hike in mid-December. But overall performance, that's worth just noting as well. For those of you who like trading gold and you like to capitalize on the different seasonal trends that we see in the market too. From a, a price structure point of view, so when you're looking to take a trade, obviously you can marry that up with fundamentals, your research, and you can have a view on the market and what you need to do. And then you want to get in with relevant levels. You want to be looking at, okay, so where is the market starting to reverse? At what point should I be looking for an entry or an exit? Where should I put my stop loss? That's all more um, technical levels that we would look at on the chart. And we'll go over to my charts very shortly as well. A, a great technical setup to look at, when a market is starting to bounce and form a a bottom is a v-shaped reversal and it's very straightforward to spot these in the market they can offer really good uh, signals especially once the neckline has broken you can get aggressive on these if you can spot them early enough when they start to break out we're potentially starting to get there a little bit on platinum at the moment and we're starting to see some rejection candles form as well on gold which we'll have a look at shortly but they need a bit more momentum to the upside to confirm a v-shaped reversal is in place but they are a great way to trade quite explosive breakouts and form a bottom in commodity markets so a breakout would look like this we get a v-shaped reversal and then you get the significant breakout but if you can get in early on the move you can get a, a lot of uh, points a uh, good risk to reward now this price structure i'll show you on copper because we took advantage of this sell short via three different sell short positions on uh, copper here over the last week a v-top occurs in an upward trend often signaling a trend reversal, the neckline of the pattern is then formed by the lowest point prior to uh, the breakout and then we look to sell it. You can get in aggressively if you can get the exact turning point of that but often there's another trade to be had once we start to see the reversal, confirm and then we take a break of the neckline. And that can be quite lucrative as well from a sell short point of view. Good example here, once you break, so you can start to sell short aggressively at the beginning of the turning point, but then once you get a V-shaped reversal pattern, once you break the neckline, that's where the momentum really starts to... Go in your favour, and um, one of the best ways to do well in any market, commodities or FX, is to be able to have the ability to build into winning positions. If you have uh, got that correct, and you know risk management, you know how to do that appropriately, which is exactly what we do at the Golden Silver Club. To build into a winning position is really important to be able to capitalise. If you get in on a move like this early, and then as the trade moves into your profit, you start to be able to build into a position without any additional risk. That's ideal. And then we move over to trade idea number four. So again, trade idea one, two, and three, that is gold, silver, and platinum, which I'll go through with you in more detail on the chart. I need the chart to show you platinum in a bit more detail because right now the gold to platinum ratio is the most extreme it's ever been. So relative to the price of gold, platinum is actually the cheapest it has ever been in terms of the platinum to gold ratio. And I'll show you on the platinum chart shortly because we are quite interested in platinum where it's poised at the moment. Now, a lot of you will be aware that tomorrow is a big day, or well, even today, in fact, but tomorrow is the, is the major day for crude oil because we have the uh, OPEC meeting. And the uh, OPEC meeting is very significant, happens twice per year. So the next OPEC meeting is scheduled to be held, well, tomorrow in Vienna, where we go to get an outcome of the meeting. So what is OPEC and um, why should you be interested? Well, the OPEC meeting essentially, excuse me, essentially, is taking place twice per year and it's where the organization sets oil production quotas for each of its 14 member countries. So these quotas, they're important because they affect the global supply of oil and in turn its price as well. So OPEC's members control more than two-thirds of crude oil reserves and currently supply is approximately 44% of uh, world's oil. So the production quotas set at OPEC meetings, they can have significant impact on the global supply of oil and a major influence on prices. Now the OPEC meeting is one of the most important dates in every trader's diary. Again, there's two a year and the next one is coming up tomorrow. So again, great timing for today's session to look at oil as well. So OPEC, if um, OPEC, one of the ways that they can influence price is OPEC aims to change the price of oil by adjusting supply volumes. This is really important because it's important to the upside for oil and also the downside. OPEC has a tremendous impact on oil prices. If its members want to increase the price of oil, they can revise their production quotas downward to limit supply. That's exactly what we've been seeing over the last 18 months. We've, we've seen that have a big impact on oil prices. Oil prices have broken out recently to four-year highs, and they've almost gone on, well, they've actually gone on over 100% over the last two years now, and especially over the last three years where we saw oil revisit $30 a barrel, they traded recently above $80 per barrel. So we've seen a big increase in oil prices. So OPEC is effective in that way. Alternatively, if they want to reduce the price of oil, they can revise their production quotas upwards to increase supply. And more recently, that is exactly what has happened. Oil broke out to $80 per barrel over the last month, hit four-year highs, and then we start to see rumblings, Russia and Saudi Arabia, that they're looking to increase supply. As a result, oil prices have now pulled back 9% over the last four weeks. And that's been really important because tomorrow, we will get a decision regarding whether OPEC are going to increase their supply to the market. And everybody's waiting for that, Right now, so OPEC leaders Saudi Arabia and Russia, they're trying on Thursday to convince their fellow oil producers to raise output from July to meet rose, rising global demand. Iran's still signaling it would support only a modest increase in supply. So there's talks at the moment, there's debate about around 1 million barrels per day output hike. Now, we are waiting tomorrow for this news to come out real time to be able to react to that. And there'll be important trading opportunities off the back of that tomorrow. With respect to um, the, the deal, which essentially gets uh, firmed firmed up tomorrow, we'll be awaiting the, the, the real-time news feed on that and awaiting uh, a decision in order to trade accordingly to that. Now, a little bit later on in the session, so this has happened about an hour ago, OPEC has seen edging closer on Thursday towards uh, raising oil output with Iran softening in opposition to increase in Saudi Arabia, warning of supply shortages and price rallies if production remained stable. Obviously, it's recently broken out to four-year highs with oil. To give you an example of the sort of impact OPEC can have on oil price, this was back in 2014, which we traded this big sell-off to the downside. OPEC did not cut their output, and with that, without the additional cut in output, we saw the price immediately sell off. Even though oil has broken down 9% over the last month, don't underestimate the potential if we see an increase in output for oil to sell off a lot more they can still keep going for quite some time we continue to see this sell-off initially it dropped about 750 points and at that point it broke down from about 70 around 77 dollars per barrel it was already oversold it broke down to 72 dollars per barrel at the low the price carried on going all the way below 30 dollars per barrel eventually until we saw a bottom get put in around 27 dollars per barrel so don't underestimate the impact of opec tomorrow on potentially bearish sentiment but it really depends it depends on what we see as a result of the deal tomorrow. It depends whether they do increase output and by what amount. At the same time, when OPEC decided to freeze their output, this provided a monumental buy opportunity for oil as well back in 2016. That was more or less around the lows where we came as low as around 27 US dollars per barrel. And then we saw a 60% gain within five months after OPEC decided to freeze output. So again, this is why it's so important to uh, be able to trade the OPEC meetings, especially if you're trading oil, to understand what sort of impact they do have on prices because it can be very significant then what you want to look at is you marry that up with the seasonal cycles as well so where are we at the moment within this cycle now the cycle tends to be very strong on gold and silver oil it's tends to be more more predominantly impacted by fundamentals as well and uh, oil reports. And I'll go through the, the other reports that we look at very shortly with you as well. But from a seasonal point of view, normally in the summer months, as you see, especially in the northern hemisphere, you see an increase in summer driving. And overall, you tend to see more uh, usage on oil, more demand for it. And normally, from a, a seasonal point of view, oil tends to bottom out over June and July. It's already had a very significant sell-off. If for whatever reason oil happens to uh, start to find support tomorrow and the low is in already, there is a lot of upside for oil considering where it has pulled back over the last month. And it could also set up for quite a strong rally, especially given where we are within the commodity index at the moment as well and the fact that the US dollar looks like it might be on the verge of starting to stall a little bit around the 11-month highs. We can look at that on the chart very shortly as well. Now again, the US dollar has a direct inverse correlation to uh, oil prices as well. So typically when you see a very strong day on the dollar, oil will also sell off as well and the inverse can be true too so if you see for example uh, the us dollar selling off oil will often also get a bid as well it's often if you look at if you follow reuters or bloomberg one of the the reasons behind moves on oil is often quoted as oh the us dollar has dropped down to you know four months uh, or it's the the us dollar has dropped two percent on the day oil price is well supported you'll you'll get sort of that sort of commentary there's a lot of traders that are very aware of the us oil the the US dollar index and oil inverse correlation and again it's not like for like it's not always 100% because there's different drivers between oil and also the US dollar but often you want to always be watching the U.S. dollar because if the U.S. dollar is breaking out, as we've seen at the moment, breaking above 11-month highs, if it continues to surge, it would naturally just put pressure on most commodities, including oil. If the U.S. dollar starts to correct from overbought and we start to see a top get formed, and it starts to correct further, it would provide some degree of support to oil as well as other commodities as well. So, again, it's well worth, when you're trading commodities, being aware of what the U.S. dollar index is doing as well. Now, this is also important as it relates to oil. Historically, over the last 30 years, every time oil has dropped to significant lows, prices have eventually bounced back to hit fresh multi-year highs. And this has been the case time and time again. We've seen this happen from a cyclical point of view frequently. And, of course, we want to see whether at the moment we're at a point where we might start to turn, again, the potential upside in the current market cycle for commodities still has a long way to go, as uh, also pointed out by Goldman Sachs' recent report, too. Now, another data point you want to look out for is every single Friday we have the oil recount, and that will be coming out tomorrow as well, just after 6 o'clock. London time. The Baker Hughes oil rig count, it's a very important barometer for oil drilling industry. When drilling rigs are active, they consume products and services produced by the oil service industry. The active rig count acts as a leading indicator of demand for oil prices, and the Baker Hughes rig count data is known to have a significant impact on oil prices immediately after the report is released. If you're trading oil and you've ever noticed on Friday, it suddenly starts to gain momentum between 6 o'clock to about 10 o'clock London time, it's because of the oil rig count. Of late, we've seen the oil recount grow up to the highest level in approximately since April. Uh, with that, that has put pressure on the downside into the close on Friday. Last Friday, again, oil sold off quite significantly as we got towards the close. And Part of that was due to the oil recount increasing yet again. So it does have an impact. And you definitely want to follow commitment to traders data uh, or be aware of it at least. So that's really important data as well that weekly report details traders positions in most of the futures markets in the united states data for that report is required by the cftc from traders in markets that have 20 or more trader holding positions large enough to meet the reporting levels established by the commitment of traders the cftc so we excuse me within the commodity futures trading commission the cftc and that data is released every friday we get it in london uh, after eight o'clock Uh, in the evening so it comes out just before the close that we're able just to have a look at that data and just get a sense of uh, what the funds and money managers uh, how how they've repositioned themselves over the last week. So a good example here of um, commitment of traders data goes back to where we saw the price come all the way back down to 27 US dollars per barrel, which was amazing when oil came as low as that. And then we started to see research showed us hedge funds accumulated a bullish long position on oil of 600 million barrels, the highest level since 2011. That's before the prices really started to break out. So you can see they're already getting ready and they're starting to establish their positions. And that is where we saw this move on oil. So oil was starting to get a bid around $28.81 per 81 cents per barrel and we could see the potential for a reversal at that point. And then we saw this nice strong breakout, 750 point move in the course of four weeks there. So a really strong rally to the upside. But again the commitment of traders data is very useful to be able to gauge what the overall funds are doing, how they're positioning themselves. Over the last month, we've continued to see a reduction on the overall net long positions on crude oil. At the moment, we're almost flat. It's slightly down, actually, over the last week, but we're still nowhere near the lower levels that we've seen. Earlier on, we'll go back to last year with regard to net long positions on oil. What I'm very interested to see tomorrow evening is how this has changed and obviously what the result of the OPEC meeting is too and whether – funds are overall starting to build a longer-term position to the upside buying on the dip or whether they continue to come out of their long positions and they're expecting more downside. They're definitely not net sell short oil and you can see here where we've got essentially we're we're flatlining over the last week. A lot of uh, funds obviously waiting as well for the uh, data to come out tomorrow, the, the deal to be agreed tomorrow with OPEC and just see how that influences the market as well. So that's really important to be aware of on a weekly basis. And then finally, with the fifth trading idea today, it's copper. But I'm aware that um, not everybody maybe is used to trading copper. And to a certain degree, you can trade it via Australian dollar, US dollar. There is some correlation, which I'll talk you through, with a commodity currency. But copper has been really good to us. And uh, certainly, we've had three uh, three sell short positions over the last uh, week and prior to that. Before the FOMC statement, we had long positions where we capitalized on a breakout to two-and-a-half-month highs. And I'll have a look at that with the chart with you very shortly. Um, Again, some of you may be aware of this, but as um, a bit of a recap, if you're not aware of this, commodity currencies, they're the name given to currencies of countries which depend heavily on the export of raw materials for income. So in the foreign exchange market, commodity currencies generally refer to the Australian dollar, the Canadian dollar, the New Zealand dollar, the Norwegian krone, South African rand, Brazilian real, and the Russian ruble. So Canada produces a very large quantity of commodities, including natural gas, timber, oil. This makes Canada's economy very sensitive to commodity prices. Australia is one of the world's most natural resource, excuse me, rich countries. has large holdings of gold, iron ore, uh, coal, aluminium, and also copper as well. So Australian dollar, US dollar. There's quite a strong correlation between iron ore prices, copper and gold, because it's one of the third largest in terms of global iron ore and gold production. It means Australia's fiscal revenue is very sensitive to changes in metal prices. And based on the intermarket relationships, the Australian dollar is tightly correlated to iron ore gold, copper prices, and when iron ore and gold prices go up, often Australian dollar, US dollar follows suit, and the opposite is true, the inverse correlation as well when they go down, so right now, gold is trading at six-month lows, and Australian dollar is also right at the yearly lows too, we broke through the swing lows just over the last 24 hours, we can have a look at that, but it's starting to bounce a little bit just prior to the session, but we'll have a look at that. On the chart shortly as well and then we have the US dollar Canadian dollar which could be in play tomorrow depending on which way oil breaks out as well so generally speaking US dollar Canadian dollar tends to move inversely to oil prices Canada is the sixth largest oil producer in the world about a quarter of whose exports is oil so it makes Canada's economy very sensitive to oil prices fluctuations in oil prices can be traded by US dollar Canadian dollar it's the inverse relationship, remember. So US dollar, Canadian dollar tends to move inversely to oil. So for example, if um, oil sells off tomorrow, you'd likely see US dollar, Canadian dollar go up. And if we see oil find support and break out to the upside, US dollar, Canadian dollar would more likely go down. So we've got this inverse correlation in price between those two. So with that, I hope that gives you a little bit of a sense of what we're looking at in terms of uh, some of the main markets that we're tracking at the moment and what we're looking at in terms of correlations. I've got two different templates here that I want to go through with you today. One is very simplistic and it's more of a raw chart and the other can be more detailed, just depends on what level of indicators you want to have a look at today. But I'll keep it simplistic first of all, just so you can get a sense Of what we're looking at right now because today's webinar is uh, five big trade ideas so I want to go through those with you and what we're looking at so I hope they have given you a bit of a sense of the research the cycles the fundamentals what we look at and then we can move over to the technical so once we've got a view within all of our research of what is going on in the wider markets we can then start to look at what we can position ourselves with trade opportunities so I guess it's only fair to start off with the US dollar and the US dollar had a breakout earlier on today, and it looks to me like a false breakout, it's a bull trap, where we've just about breached above the 11 month highs here, and you can see we broke out, and then we've seen a reversal. We've already broken back below yesterday's low, and we have a rejection candle. So this is interesting on the US dollar, and we're also at uh, utilized Keltner channels on the charts to give me extreme levels of overbought and oversold. They tend to work very well with commodities. They're not a general setting on your MT4. It's a very special custom indicator in order to get those, uh, which we have at the Gold and Silver Club. But essentially, you can see here where we have reversed from this uh, 11-month high today on the US dollar. Remember, at all times, look at the US dollar when you're trading commodities. It will help you to get a sense of uh, whether we are at a point where we could base and uh, start to get some support and reverse or not. So again, I've got more complex charts, which I can show you, with which have a lot more detail on them. But I think for the time being, we'll stick it to um, these charts, which uh, show you a little bit more uh, straightforward where we're poised in relation to price at the moment. So the dollar index, first of all, note that today we started to reverse, seeing this reversal candle. Then we move over to silver, and the gold to silver ratio at the moment is indicating silver could be at a point where it is going to bottom. We don't quite have that additional confirmation, but silver has moved spot on within these recent channels. You've got support, which is basically uh, just above $16, which has been a great buy zone to buy since February. You can't go far wrong just buying silver when it gets to around $16 or just above that level. And it's worked out really well in terms of just trading this within this trend. So you can essentially buy the accumulation zone, take profit at resistance. And if you're uh, extra bold, you could short silver when it gets towards around the $17.30 zone. It's found resistance at that level several times. But you can see very range-bound market. On silver even going back to October of last year we're, we're stuck within quite a, a tight range on silver now it would be aggressive to buy silver today but we could start if it breaks above the the highs here now, on the weekly chart if we do see rejection form right at key support here it could lend to a, a more significant follow-through move I would watch out at the moment until we get a bit more confirmation but silver for me is one to have on the radar again a few points to look at with silver, keep an eye on the US dollar, watch the gold-to-silver ratio, look at the correlations. So the correlations would include copper, platinum, uh, gold, palladium as well, which are all useful to have a look at, US dollar, of course. So silver, for me, is worth having certainly as a, a trade idea at the moment. So essentially, the trade idea is if we break out of this range and we start to follow through, I would be looking to position a take-profit target around the upper end here. So approximately around 1725 but I would start to look at take profit or certainly scale out a little bit once it gets above $17 and I would be looking to buy on a breakout above the current zone which is around 1635 at the moment that's where I would be looking at this if it holds this price structure into the close and tomorrow it starts to break out and show signs that the dollar is reversing If silver, for example, overnight did not follow through and it rolled over, that would void this trade idea. I would no longer look at executing that. I would need to see a bit more follow through to the upside. But it's right at key support where we could see that sort of reversal take place. Platinum, to me, is right back in an accumulation zone. We have been, you, you can look again just from a very simplistic uh, point of view. If you look at where we're poised within these major channels at the moment, we're right back in the accumulation zone. and We're trading at two and a half year lows at the moment for Platinum. Platinum found support yesterday into the close. It's just about getting supported at $863 per ounce. Relative to gold, it's one of the cheapest it has ever been. Platinum, you need to be quite fast when you're looking to trade this because day-to-day moves can be anywhere from two, three, 400 points in a day. So when you're trading platinum, you need to have alerts set and you need to be at least watching it or checking in on the price if you're looking to establish a position. So overall platinum right now, I wouldn't sell it at this level, although it could still have a little bit more downside from this zone until we get a confirmed break above yesterday's high and start to close above that level. But at the moment we're getting some support on lower time frames. Um, platinum right now it's within an accumulation zone It's at two and a half year lows and that then brings me over to copper now copper this is a classic v-shaped reversal pattern remember i mentioned that earlier on we shorted copper quite aggressively actually prior to the fomc statement last week we were already shorting when it was sitting right at the highs here it was already sitting at two and a half year highs we bought into copper as well prior to that as well so we capitalized on this whole breakout we reversed position and then we sold into copper banking profits also before the FOMC statement, getting back in for a sell short after the FOMC statement, banking profits at the end of last week, and then getting back into a sell short at the beginning of this week. So there's been three, actually there's been four different trades on copper, long and then three sell shorts during this entire move. And it's been a complete corrective move right back to support now it's right back at the key level it might be able to have a little bit more follow-through short term possibly just break underneath the recent swing lows we've got another neckline here on copper and we could see that if the us dollar does hold or resumes its overall upward trend but i suspect a low is coming into copper soon again if i zoom out and just show you the overall patterns for copper we're basically back in accumulation zone so we're back at a buy zone so my trade idea for copper would be if we hold and especially if we hold and break back above and close above yesterday's high, if we if we are able to do that and close above that level, I'd be looking to position a long with stop loss just below some of the underlying support recently, and then looking for a trade back up towards the upper end of this channel. It's not ready yet, but it's it could be soon. And then I would be looking for a rotation, essentially, if it's going long, back towards the upper end of the channel. If you're super aggressive, and if it was to break your more day trading, and if it was to break the previous day's low tomorrow, you might be able to catch a short-term trade, back towards the next level of support, which is the April swing lows. But that would be a bit aggressive, but you might be able to catch some short term momentum if it breaks down overnight and you see a bit more follow through. But soon I'll be looking to buy back into copper and taking a position long. And then of course, gold, gold watching like a hawk. We've been waiting for a retest of this level, Over the course this week, this is our key level that we had identified that gold would get to, which is 1261. It's now reached that level and then try and visualize, if you will, a potential V-shaped reversal recovery, how it would look. What would be the price structure on aggressive entry? Now, I'm not going to buy gold yet. I'm going to give it a little bit more time to confirm to me that this is going to happen. It's not quite there yet, but it has done what I wanted it to, which has come down, hit the Keltner channel, which we've seen a number of times before. Look how many times gold has reversed from the Keltners, okay, lower end of the Keltner channel. And again, we're not only using a technical indicator, we're marrying that up with a lot more research that we've just gone through today. But if you look at this from where we're poised at the moment for a potential reversal, that's quite useful. And then if we look at this, if we try and imagine what a V-shaped reverse recovery might look like on gold, this is what I would imagine it to look like in time. So let's say it does manage to recover. That's what I would look at. And this would be an aggressive entry. And then if we do get that sort of recovery, then the next level and a breakout of the neckline would then be about the 1300s to take the price back up. So it would be a staging into a position like that. So right now, gold I would have on the radar. I want to see how this closes later on in the week. It's doing what I would expect it to do if it was to hold at this level. So it's getting a rejection candle at that zone. It's starting to get a bit of a bid. It would be aggressive to buy into it now. I would wait for a bit more confirmation. It's still possible that it might want to have a further flush out, roll over, take out the low and come back towards a monthly pivot, which resides around 1250. That's possible as well. I wouldn't completely rule that out. But at the moment, we are getting supported where i would anticipate it to get supported at the lower kelton channel so look how many times that has provided quite a significant buy opportunity i mean it's been countless times actually we saw this around the december fomc statement as well sometimes if you get an aggressive like that you might be underwater for a day or two and then eventually the price will go in your direction but i do like gold at this level again today's webinar Is kind of perfect timing. If we held the webinar on earlier on in the week, for example, we would have been around 12.75, and then it was looking still vulnerable for more downside. Where we're poised right now, looks like we might have a dollar reversal. It's a bit, um, it's not confirmed yet. It's it's still early days, but that is a bull trap on the dollar index, and it could lead into a more significant reversal lower. That's normally indicative of a potential reversal, but I never trust an exact reversal from a, a level of resistance that then just hits a level spot on and starts to reverse. Normally it needs to flush out positions and then reverse afterwards. So we see that countless times, which is why you want to see a V-shaped reversal pattern on any market before you buy into it, because then it signifies that we've seen a flush out. And so you've got a flush out basically today. So gold has flushed out traders around 1270 who had all their stop losses residing below that level, flushed out all of the traders and then bounced right off 1260. And again, I wouldn't sell gold now. There might be a very short-term opportunity. There are better markets to be selling at the moment than gold right at the lower end of this extreme oversold and the Keltner channels, where for all the reasons I've discussed, it could capitulate. So you, you might be able to get a short-term trade on gold, selling it short if you're utilizing a quicker strategy there just to get in and out on a very quick move. But overall right now I poise this that it doesn't look to me like it's screaming a sell short today anyway with this bounce off the 1267 zone but we'll see how that continues to form later in the week again from a trade idea point of view it's in the very early stages and it would be aggressive to go for a buy at this point so I'm going to wait but I can see this potentially moving into a v-shaped reversal recovery that again this trade idea would be void if the price does not get any additional momentum and then it rolls over it's not quite a capitulation so it's not a, a capitulation move is probably what we're seeing on the pound yeah the pound us dollar is more more akin i'll show you this just because of price structure okay that's more of a capitulation i prefer to see that sort of a move to give me a sense that we've actually formed a bottom and we, we started to see a reversal that would be better to see that on gold. We're not seeing that at the moment, but it doesn't mean that we haven't got the low in because we have seen these sort of shallower retracements of late on gold. So gold is the other trade idea. So we're looking at gold, platinum and silver and potential reversal on the dollar. Then that brings me over to a, we've, we've talked about copper as well, and then that brings me over to the Australian dollar, US dollar. Again, where we're poised at the moment, right at the lower Keltner channels, you've got classic where well, we haven't had a double bottom here, so some traders this week have been looking for a double bottom and trying to bounce and buy in at this zone. Most traders who would have been long the Australian dollar, unless they've had a really significant stop loss, would probably have been stopped out already because we've breached through the previous swing low from May. We've taken out that level, and where I'm looking at it is we're, we're at the lower Keltner channel at the moment, and we started to see some signs of reversal what I need to marry up for me in order to see this follow through is from a technical point of view you need to do uh, a few points here it needs to break out above today's high it needs to close above that level we need to have a positive uh, close on the week as well but also what I want to see in terms of some of the other markets I want to see copper get supported I also would like to see a rally potentially or some support come into gold that would suggest that maybe a low is coming into the Australian dollar we're not quite there yet and it's still vulnerable if it rolls over breaks through the weekly lows it could still go lower but I'd rather not short it from extreme oversold there are better markets to be shorting at the moment than trying to sell the Australian dollar after it's already been very oversold and hit a Keltner channel to the downside today so it's getting some support at that level and then we go over to oil so of course oil will be tomorrow's decision time for oil we've got the OPEC meeting so what is interesting about oil Basically, you've got a lot more weakness on Brent crude oil than you have between crude oil, uh, between WTI crude oil. So you've got a disparity and a large spread between the two. So WTI crude oil or US oil is much stronger and we've seen much more support over the last month than Brent crude oil. Brent crude oil has been much weaker. and We've seen this big decline. And it was going to be interesting tomorrow. One of the The best ways to actually uh, trade oil, uh, one of the the, the ways to look at very key levels is trading off also major pivot points. So oil responds very well to pivot points. I'm on the monthly pivot with Brent crude oil. I think if we get a bearish announcement tomorrow off OPEC, we'll break that monthly pivot and we'll probably shoot back towards some of these extreme levels, back towards a weekly pivot below and possibly the next pivot below that. Could be quite an extreme move to the downside. I think if if we get a negative announcement tomorrow, Brent would, would, would be better to be selling short versus um, WTI crude oil. But if it's positive, I'd be more inclined to go long WTI crude oil. Price structure has already been holding up around the weekly uh, the monthly pivot. Look how many bounces we've found at that zone. Only a brief break below that level at the beginning of the week, which was basically because of the open. So the Sunday night open, it just gap lower and then retraced immediately. It's getting well supported at that level, and if it's bullish tomorrow, if we see that a lot of this um, OPEC meeting has been priced in already in terms of potential oversupply to the market, if that starts to break out tomorrow, I'd be more inclined to look to get long on WTI crude oil. So I'm more interested in buying WTI crude oil if it's positive for the oil market in terms of upside potential for oil prices, but if it breaks down to the downside, I'd be more inclined to uh, take advantage of a sell short on Brent crude oil and just take it below the weekly, uh, the monthly pivot and then start to look for additional uh, correlation to the downside there. And uh, yeah, essentially, i will be looking for a sell short on Brent, but potentially a long position on WTI crude oil, depending on what results from tomorrow's announcements. So that's what we're looking at with respect to uh, oil at the moment. So, again, really the top ideas that we're looking at, and I'll put it back to the raw chart, is gold where we're poised at the moment. This is definitely a market to have on your radar, given where we are bouncing at the moment at the lower Keltner channels, and we're currently at six-month lows for gold. You want to watch the correlation with platinum, which is also is at two-and-a-half-year lows, extreme oversold at the moment. And at some point, I'm expecting this reversal. And once it starts to really build up momentum to the upside, we could see quite a fast reversal there as well. In terms of if metals continue to break down and the positioning of that, I would look at the potential to sell short into copper. It really depends on whether what the timing of that occurring would be because I think if copper does break back below the the lows here, the recent swing lows over May, it will probably shoot towards the April lows here. And that could be in the region of in terms of points, there probably be a 50-point move at least for a swing trade. I would look at that potential and there is some scope for that. Again, silver, if silver does not hold up, because it's been a range-bound market for so long, what you tend to see, any market that's within a range for so long, you can see here on silver, a break of support would be equally big in terms of a breakout move. So at some point, silver is either going to break out the range to the upside and clear above $17 and move towards $18, or it's going to have a flush out And it's going to come back towards around $15.60 per ounce. And at a very extreme level below that, it could come as low as about $15. It's still within that range right now. And bear in mind, too, there was a flash crash that we saw on gold and silver prices towards the end of um, June last year, where we did get this washout. So. I'm, I would be a little bit careful getting in aggressively until we have further confirmation for long positions. I'll show you that that, that trade, actually, that, that move that we saw. This was last year, okay, and that was around a similar time, end of June. Once it broke through support, it came down to $16. There was no actual confirmation for you to get long at that point. There would have been no reason for you to get long, but just note we had this sudden, big move lower for silver prices. And then, of course, it formed this capitulation move and then perfect to get long and take advantage of a a rally into Q3. So silver right now is displaying the beginning signs of a potential low. Again, watch the gold to silver ratio, watch the US dollar index and see what we're seeing in terms of the, the correlations in order to look at potentially establishing a position at this level. It's at a major zone. I'll also bring up one other commodity currency for you as well, and that's the New Zealand dollar, US dollar. It is, it is a commodity currency, and uh, to a certain extent, we are forming a bit of a capitulation candle into the close today around the lower Keltner channels too. So I would have that on the radar. Again, just from a very basic price structure point of view, this is what we like to see. I would be concerned if New Zealand dollar just held up at that swing low and then bounced and reverse. It always needs to flush out the stop losses. So it needs to take out the swing low on the left, form a lower low, and then reverse. Take out all the stop losses and then trigger everyone for a sell short and then reverse. Typical. And then you can look to get into this move once that has occurred. Then you see, ah, okay, you've basically got a bear trap. We've seen a reversal. There's potential now. Try and imagine that. This could be an aggressive entry for a V-shaped reversal, but try and imagine if we were then to see this occur. Okay so this potential price structure for the New Zealand dollar so we could be at the start of a, a potentially quite a large swing trade there if it starts to get supported at this level needs to do a little bit more work again go higher time frame whenever you're analyzing charts look at the weekly as well so look at New Zealand dollar we're basically right back and an accumulation zone at the moment for this market being a commodity currency we do track it and it's a very range bound market as well essentially you can see that very clearly we recently found support right at the lower end of this range too and we're bouncing at that level at the moment i'm tracking that especially on some of the lower time frames too being a commodity currency it's worthwhile having on the radar as well actually also us dollar canadian dollar given that it is the opec meeting tomorrow and given where oil uh, is at the moment and given where the us dollar canadian dollar is very overbought what I would look out for tomorrow, if we do see oil breakout, WTI, crude oil, for whatever reason, gets a bid and we start to see a breakout to the upside. You can anticipate, especially given the price structure of US dollar, Canadian dollar with the rejection candle that we're forming at the moment on the daily that we could start to roll over and then see a more significant reversal here for US dollar, Canadian dollar. And again, that would be akin to a potential. It would be early to get into it on the move now. I would wait for OPEC, but it could develop into this sort of price structure. It's very overbought at the moment, and then we could see a reversal lower. Okay, and that's the sort of corrective move that we could be on the lookout here for the US dollar, Canadian dollar. So there's several trade opportunities to look out for. Certainly tomorrow, OPEC meeting will be a very big announcement, and we're at quite key decision points for the US dollar, for gold, for silver, for platinum, for copper, and for commodity currencies as we go into tomorrow's session as well. So there's a lot to be looking out for at the moment, with reference to all of, uh, all of the current market sentiment. Uh, so with that, thanks very much for that Shiv and Sen, yeah, please do keep the questions coming uh, or we'll go through all of those, feel free if there's any additional questions, please feel free to put those into the chat as well. Okay. So what I will do, I'm just going to go back to uh, the presentation, those are the trade ideas that we're looking at at the moment. One of the key fundamental differences between successful and unsuccessful traders, which I'm sure you are aware of by now as well, that the uh, the amateur trading process versus a professional trading process. The amateur process tends to be only looking at technical, so only looking at the charts and taking a uh, little bit of fundamentals into account, but they're basing all of their trading decisions based on the charts, they don't have access to a lot of additional data that we've gone through today. And um, everybody on today's session, uh, I hope you've got value out of today's session, some of the research that we showed you, what we're looking at with commodities, some of the reasoning behind some of the trade ideas that we're looking at as well, which goes into more of a research, fundamental, cyclical point of view too. Purely utilising technicals with a little bit of fundamentals tends to be why a lot of traders, long term, they're not consistent in the markets because they're not, they don't have enough data, they're not using enough information to make their trading their decisions. The process that you want to be using, which professional traders utilise and the top five percent of the most successful traders utilise, research. So research, very important. We've gone through quite a lot of research today on the session but it's important to understand what has happened in the past what could happen in the future the impact of major news items be aware of all the major news items the fundamentals that are driving the market be aware of the trends be aware of seasonality be aware of correlations be aware of the cycles marry that up with fundamentals then when you've got a view of a particular market you go to the technicals to see where you could look to buy in and where you could put your stop losses and where you can get the best risk reward and your take profit But you need to utilize more information when you're trading to be more consistent with your trading. It's very important that you take into account a lot more information rather than utilizing pure technicals. It will give you a very strong edge with your trading.